I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You're listening to Up Close on Husker Online, where we let Nebraska student-athletes tell their stories. Up Close is brought to you by Sandhills Global and powered by ABM. Do you have equipment to sell? Sell it on auctiontime.com. Now, here's your host of Up Close, Husker Online's Sean Callahan. Hello and welcome again here to another edition of Up Close, as you heard, brought to you by Sandhills Global and powered by ABM. If you have equipment to sell, sell it at auctiontime.com. And this has been always one of the funner things we get to do each week here on the Husker Online podcast channel. We sit down with different members of uh, the Nebraska Athletic Department, uh, football players so far here during the season, and, and hear their stories. And today, we've got a couple of in-state linebackers joining us here in studio. Two guys um, with very, very different stories on how they got to Nebraska, um, their backgrounds growing up, but they're at the same place together, lined up side-by-side side on the uh, game days, joined by Luke Reimer and Nick Henrich. Nick, Luke, welcome here to Up Close. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Well, yeah, let, let's get into it. I mean, you talk about stories and how you get here. I'll go with you here first, Nick. I mean, you, um, you know, you, you grew up. Your your dad um, played tennis at Iowa. He coached at Iowa State, and you obviously ended up here at Nebraska. But you know, I remember when you were a recruit, Iowa really, really wanted you, and they thought that that was the end. You know, Mike, it's Mike Heinrich, right? Your dad's name? Yeah, Mike Heinrich. Yeah. Uh, Heinrich play. You know, he he was a tennis player. We we got the inside track on Nick Heinrich here. Um, you know what? What um you know did that did that ever factor in? Did you grow up following Iowa as a kid? Yeah, I mean, I definitely grew up following them. Just obviously because my pops went there and stuff. And yeah, I think that was the big thing. Like growing up being a kid in Nebraska, I wasn't really ever a huge Husker fan growing up. In all honesty, just because you know none of my family is really from here, so I never just grew up in a Husker family. So yeah, that's something that was definitely interesting. Yeah, did you grow up playing tennis then? Oh yeah, yeah, I was pretty pretty good when I was young, but I stopped probably around when I was like eight or so and kind of just focus on the football, basketball, soccer and stuff. I mean, you and your brother are big dudes. Like Mm -hmm. was your dad like a bigger guy too, or was he built? Okay. I was going to say, you don't see a lot of tennis players built like you. Um, So you, you obviously um, it it worked out with Nebraska. I want to, I want to go here to you now too, Luke, just with your story. You grew up, how far from Oklahoma was your town in Kansas? I mean, right on the border almost. Yeah. We were about 15 minutes from the Oklahoma border. So way down South. What was like the what was the name what was the name of your town again? Ashland. Ashland, Ashland Kansas. Kansas. I was gonna yep. say I was gonna say Atchison, but I knew it was Ashland. Yep. And that town, I mean, did you even have like a Casey's in the town? No, we we didn't have a stoplight. Our the nearest McDonald's or fast food restaurant was an hour away in Dodge City. So there was not a lot going on in Ashland, Kansas. So if you wanted to take a girl out on a Friday night, you options for yeah, options you are pretty limited. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you could even get, there was there wasn't even a gas there was a gas station. Probably, yeah, there was a gas station, but not much for choice. Yeah. Most of the time, you just had to go up to Dodge to watch a movie or do whatever. So in that part of the country, is it more K State, more OU, Oki State? I mean, KU. I mean, there's a lot of people that kind of probably lay claim to that part of Kansas as far as the fan bases go. Yeah, I would say it's pretty uh, pretty much K State. Um, pretty, yeah, K-State fans and then a little bit of Oklahoma fans. 
there's not a lot of Oklahoma State fans. There's some, but definitely K-State and then OU would be second. So when you were growing up, was it Kansas State on most Saturdays? Yeah, yeah. I was. My family was all big K-State fans. Um, <clears throat> I had a, all my – basically all my family went to K-State too for college. Um but I was a Texas fan actually growing up, so that was that was Texas. my yeah Jeez. that was that was my team growing up was uh, Texas and uh, Colt McCoy. Uh, that was that was my favorite college player growing up. So both of you guys end up at Nebraska. You both um, didn't grow up watching Nebraska. I'll ask both this question to both of you. Started hearing uh, Nick. Um, what was your first memory or first moment where Nebraska went went on your radar? I mean, I think just when I I got to start the recruiting process pretty early. So probably when I was a uh, sophomore or whatever and I first came and visited here I was like okay yeah I never grew up really watching them but like this would be obviously an amazing opportunity so I think the recruiting process just really helped me uh, become more open-minded overall. So the first game that you really engaged in watching of Nebraska was not to like your sophomore year. Yeah sophomore year. And I, I think when you talk about the city of Omaha I grew up in Omaha too and the city has changed a lot in the last mm-hmm. 20 years I mean I think when I was in high school in the 90s Every kid wanted to go to Nebraska. It was a slam dunk. It, it's not the same. I mean, there's kids at your former high school, Burke, that went to Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. One's going to Oregon now. And you see more and more of these kids in the city of Omaha. How, you know, how is that? I mean, just what are the challenges Nebraska faces now? Because a lot of kids maybe didn't grow up watching Nebraska, say, like my generation or other generations before that. Yeah, I think it's just a lot of kids are just going in the recruiting process with just super open-minded and thinking of like, okay, whatever the best fit is, it doesn't necessarily have to be the home in-state guy like has been, that's been kind of the traditional route of uh, a lot of kids in the past. And I think kids are just getting a lot more opportunities and it's just branching them out more. You know what I mean? It's going to be pretty impossible for Nebraska to get every good in-state recruit because of that. Now, Luke, uh, with you, you moved to Nebraska. Kind of tell your story, um, first of all, how you got to Nebraska um, before the start of your junior year of high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I grew up all my life in Ashland, Kansas, and then uh, dad passed away my eighth grade year, um, and so my old, my next oldest brother finished out high school in Ashland, and then well, I've had one more year in Ashland my sophomore year, and then we moved up uh, so my mom could be closer to grandkids and uh, that type of deal, um, and so I was never recruited at all, didn't hear from a college coach ever um, until my junior year after basically like my second game. Um, and so that, that's, that's when I was on the, or that's when Nebraska was on the radar for me. Cause I had never watched Nebraska games growing up. Like it just, that just wasn't a thing that I did, I guess. And so they were never on the radar for me. And when, once I started getting recruited a little bit, obviously I thought it was the coolest thing to go to game days and just how crazy the game days here are. So if you would have stayed in Kansas, how do you envision your path? Do you think you would have ended up going to a Juco and trying to get out that way because a lot of kids in Kansas like you do that mm-hmm. they go to Juco for a year or two then they go D1 yeah. or do you think you would have tried to walk on at K-State or um, tried a, a different route if, if you did not move to Nebraska and kind of get the exposure to Nebraska I, I honestly have no idea what I would be doing um, I think <laughs> I think my older brothers would force me to go try to walk on somewhere um, but I don't know if I would want to going from an eight man to a, a big D1 school but it would probably I would probably try to walk on at K State somehow. But I don't like like I said I don't know because coming from eight man I didn't even know I was good enough to start at North Star going from eight man. So I just I didn't know what I was what I was gonna do. And that's just that's just a crazy thought to have if I stayed in Ashland. What what my life would look like now. So 
Yeah, and you were going to go to South Dakota State um, mm-hmm. at the time. And Dan Jackson, um, who you also know, because Nick, he was a coach at Burke at yep. one time too. So mm-hmm. both you guys kind of have a connection to this story. But South Dakota State thought they had a, a gym and you and mm-hmm. that you were going to go there. You told them that you were going to leave the offer to go walk on at Nebraska. I mean, how, how hard was that? Um, and did people at that time say, man, you're nuts to leave this full ride? Yeah, that was the, that was definitely a tough decision. Um, and a tough, tough couple phone calls to those, to those coaches. Cause I built up a pretty good relationship with them. Uh, but I think they, at the end, at the end of the day, they kind of understood like it's, it's not their decision to make. It was, it was mine and what was best for me and my family. And I think everybody that I was close to or, uh, respected and stuff. They they knew that it was I was doing the best decision for me. So they didn't they didn't say like oh what are you doing you're passing up you're passing up free money type of deal. Uh, they they knew that I had a really good support system and they they knew that I was making the best decision for me and my family. So they just supported me. Now Nick, um, before Scott Frost came to Nebraska, um, it, it really didn't feel like Nebraska was in it with you as much. Is that is that accurate to say? Yeah, I mean, I'd probably say so, honestly. I mean, it's not like they – obviously, they offered me, and I talked to him. Uh, I think Trent Bray was their line, – Coach Bray mm-hmm. was their linebacker coach. I talked to him uh, some in a decent amount, but just overall, I think they just weren't interest, as interested as the new staff was. I remember when the staff got here, Barrett Rude, I think, basically set up camp in the Burke High weight room, and every week or every opportunity within the rules that he could be there – he was there to see you and Chris Hickman and um, I mean really did his best to kind of turn that tide. Yeah I mean I probably called him every week or I'm pretty sure I got texts from him every single day so yeah I was in constant communication with those guys and the new staff. Now if you didn't go to Nebraska I mean you had every other I mean you had 20 30 offers probably right coming out of high school I mean do you ever think about like where you who was like your runner-up? Yeah I mean I don't really think about that because obviously I'm just I wouldn't have changed anything. I'm super happy I'm here. But, I mean, yeah, I had a lot of great, great offers. I'd, if I had to pick one, I'd probably say, like, Iowa State. I really like that program and that uh, Coach Campbell. But, again, I love it here, and I wouldn't change a thing. And you came um, with Chris Hickman. So, at that time, I mean, that had to be pretty special. You guys uh, won a state championship. Um, both of you guys – I still remember that game. Both of you guys were battling through. Oh, yeah. I mean, Chris, I, was, Chris was, like, putting his knee back in place, or he looked like yeah. he – and then you were obviously coming off the injury too. Yeah, it wasn't a smart decision probably to play in that game. But, you know, I would love that program and those guys, so I was going to try and push through it and, you know, waddle around for a quarter and then limped off the field. <laughs> so, what, did you have surgery after that game? No. No, it was just kind of a sprain was that a, was pretty bad? Or? No, it was a – tear in the ligament in the knee but you couldn't really get surgery on it so just kind of let it scar down and heal up wow <laughs> i just remember you gave we were doing the game on tv and, and i'm like boy he doesn't look right no i wasn't right at all i pretty much told me i kind of just lied my way into saying i was fine to be able to play in that one not the smartest thing i've done yeah but. in high school they don't have the medical staff so no like yeah i don't think mark meyer you would have been able to slip that by him at nebraska yeah probably not <laughs> maybe we well, I guess we'll never know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Luke, you came as a walk-on. How long did it take for you to realize, you know what, I belong here? Um, I think it was like that first, definitely the first fall camp, but kind of towards the end of the summer and those summer workouts, I would just have the older players come up to me and uh, some of the uh, coaching staff too. They would come up to me and be like, yeah, keep doing what you're doing. You're doing really good, really good things and stuff. Uh, so it, it didn't take very long for me to realize like, 
I belonged here, like from an athletic standpoint, for sure. Did you guys play a game against each other? Did North Star ever play Burke? Yep. 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 So, I do you remember? Hear. What do you remember about the game? Remember, it was a lot to a little. <laughs> <laughs> I broke Nick Tankles on that game too. So. I I plead the fifth. I don't, I'm not saying anything. <laughs> well, he was he lawyer. was he like full Tim Tebow running around. Quick? Yeah, I just I really just remember in our scout report in high school, they're like, yeah, I pretty much got. This one guy is pretty athletic, and I was like, oh, how, how good can he be? And I was like, oh, pretty good athlete, yeah, he's a beast. So, yeah, we played against each other once. Yeah, we North Star didn't come out on top. <laughs> was that your <laughs> final year or your your junior year? That was my junior year. So you guys, t- yeah, well, they, they were you guys were top five, top. I mean, your senior year you won it, and then mm-hmm. your junior year, did you guys make it to the semis? We were in the or? semis, yeah, we okay. lost North, yeah. But, yeah, so, like, how much do you think it hurt you? You didn't play for a powerhouse program, and you were new to town, um, you know, and then you had a coaching change too. Mm-hmm. your senior year. How much did those variables kind of affect maybe your exposure as a recruit? Um, I've always, I've always thought that of like why I didn't get an offer coming out of coming out of high school. And like, I, I just think that has to be it. Cause I felt like I was pretty athletic. I was running 10 nines and in track and stuff. And I was still almost 200 pounds in high school. Like I just felt like athletically I was on par with some, like four stars around, like four stars around, but they just weren't offering me. And so your marketing campaign just wasn't as good. I guess, I guess right? not. I need to get more on Twitter. I guess I don't know, but yeah, I guess I don't know why. I've always I've always wondered that. Do you guys mess with Barrett Rude? Like you know, you had a guy in Lincoln, and you couldn't figure this one out to offer him, <laughs> yeah, Coach Rude. I mean, yeah, I kind of blew a gasket on that one. I mean, <laughs> I feel like Luke's pretty obvious. Like, yeah, it's a scholarship guy right there, but. Ended up all working out, luckily for us. It is what it is. And you're a sophomore, and Nick, you're still a freshman, right? Redshirt. Uh, yeah. You're, that's you're a redshirt um, freshman. COVID freshman that's 21 years 21 old. 21 years old, yeah. Tw- <laughs> a lot of 21-year-old freshmen, I'm sure, walking yeah, down Nebraska sure. right now. But, I mean, you guys have 22 and 23 where you're going to be playing together. I mean, do you think about, like, you know what? And then Will Honus is coming back and yeah, joining the group, and Kalarvik's back. I mean, this has got to be, you know, one of the better rooms on this team right now. Yeah, I feel like we're we're uh, Coach Ruiz did a really good job of building up depth, um, and just like teaching us how to have good habits and uh, have a have a really high standard. And so there's just a lot of guys in that room that can play at a high level. So it's yeah. it's a lot of fun. Yeah, what do you think of the room, Nick? Yeah, I mean we've always had guys like in the past, Colin and Will, and obviously having Will come back, it will be kind of our you know our big dog, our leader, and. Like I said, it's always Coach Root always emphasizes like stacking days and just you have to do things the right way all the time. So I think that's really just helped our room, uh, everyone in the room get better. So we'll have as many guys that we need to play ready to go. Yeah, when you play in the Big Ten, how important is it to have that second wave? Because I, you know, the Michigan game was a great example. I mean, eighty some snaps against a team like Michigan—that's a lot for a defense. Yeah. Uh, when you can have a quality second group, um, is that the difference in a lot of times between the really good Big Ten teams and the, the middle of the road Big Ten teams? I think it definitely helps. Like, how could it not, you know? Because if you have guys that can rotate in, it just keeps everyone fresh and everyone playing at a super high level. And when you're rotating guys in and there's no drop-off, that's that's just huge for a defense and a team. How have you guys seen um, Shenander, Eric Shenander, change maybe some of the scheme and what you guys do? You've been here for three – you both have been here three years, so you've been here most of the way with him. I mean, have you guys evolved a lot of what you do to this conference to kind of fit – you know, just some of the different ways this league plays. Yeah, for sure. We're, uh, I think a lot of the stuff he's done is like, obviously we're, we've been in the system for three years. So we know a lot of the calls, um, 
But uh, I feel like he's done a really good job of like simpling it down for us too, so we can just get the call and play fast. And that's all the defense is: is just knowing your assignment um, really well, and then just playing really fast. Yeah, definitely. I definitely agree with that. Hi, it's Sean Callahan with Husker Online. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones and see what we find. Learn more at uscellular.com slash built for us. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. We're talking here with Nick Henrich and, and Luke, uh, Luke Reimer on the Up Close podcast brought to you by Sandhills Global and powered by ABM. If you have equipment to sell, sell it at auction time. Dot com. I got to ask you guys about the clap um, at, at the uh, the Michigan game. Um, I, it, it was bizarre, and I, I've read a lot of different explanations of it. Maybe Jim Harbaugh was really working the ref. Like, they're clapping, they're clapping, call the flag. Um, what was your explanation, Luke, of, of the penalty where you were charged for clapping? I actually asked the ref after the play, and he didn't give me an answer. He, he just said, I don't, I don't know, I'm not sure. And so I didn't get an answer until about a quarter later when Coach Rude said, you can't clap because it's mimicking their cadence. So I was like, okay, I've never heard of that, but I'll try not to get my teammates' attention by clapping next time. So, yeah, it is, it is definitely a new call, and Coach Rude said he's never, ever heard that or seen that uh, been called. So it is what it is. We can't, we can't get our teammates' attention by clapping next time. Are you a clapper, Nick? No. I'm just a yeller. Yeah, you like to yell through. I mean, yeah. when it, I mean, it, I mean, when you're on the field and it's ninety thousand, like f- the, these last two night games, what they've been like. How I mean, how hard is it? I mean, can, I mean, is it impossible to hear anything when the defense is out there on those key downs? Yeah, it's definitely. You definitely got to go up like to the D line and tap them, or just really emphasize communication with like the secondary and stuff like that because it's really hard to hear. You guys probably drew at least three false starts from the crowd i mean that game it was pretty pretty nuts when you yeah. think about it and i mean it throws off the timing and whatnot i mean that, you almost forgot i think what the crowd was like at memorial stadium because 2020 you know there, there were no fans at the games yeah yeah um, so it's nice to have fans it's yeah, it's, it's a lot huge. of fun when it's third and long and the crowd is just going crazy um it, it's a lot of fun how, how bad when you look at this team guys um how bad do you guys want it i mean i this has been a tough schedule. No one's going to deny that. I mean, one of the toughest in the country. You've played three top ten teams. You have two more top ten games remaining. Um, and then you've got still Wisconsin, who's always good. Minnesota, who's been good. Um, I mean, to get over that hump and get to a bowl game for the first time since 2016, what's it going to take? How bad does this team want it? You go ahead on this one first, Nick. Yeah, I mean, this team wants it so bad. There hasn't been any – drop off in unity or want to from this guy like this group of guys which is super encouraging to see so I mean it's just going to take continuing to hone in our details and assignments and just keep getting better every week like last week's done it's over like we're on to Minnesota we're going to do everything we can to be 1-0 this week 
we're going to have a bye. Then we're going to try and be 1-0 next week, you know what I mean? So it's just going to be about the details. But, yeah, I mean, we want this so bad as a team. We need it. How about you, Luke? Um, Coach Rude said to us uh, this week that it's it's a must-win game for us, and it is. It's, it is every week. But he said how you uh, go about a must-win game is you change nothing. You just go about your habits, what you've been doing. And so that's just what we've been – that's just what we do is just we do – exactly what we need to do and just do our job so I think about a year ago that Minnesota game was a real low point when you think about it I mean you got it was senior day but it really wasn't a senior day that only like five seniors ended up leaving that day but you know it felt like okay Nebraska just beat Purdue they're gonna win on the senior day against Minnesota who's only got like 40 guys dressed and then you're gonna get your next game at home because the Big Ten was gonna give Rutgers to Nebraska and Lincoln well Minnesota comes in and stomps you guys or, you know, get, catches you off guard. And then the Big Ten sends you out to Rutgers on a Friday night uh, right after that. I mean, just how big of a turning point was that game in your season where you think about if that game is a win, then you get a home game. And then maybe you guys do decide to go to a bowl game at that point. I mean, just think about to that, that what that game was and, and kind of speculate on what that game meant to your season last year. Yeah, I mean, it was a real tough one, obviously. It, I don't know. I don't really got any words for it except it sucked. It sucked it happened. We lost. Yeah, they're always a, they're always a good, tough, physical team. Um, we just got outplayed last year, and so we just kind of have, have to keep that in mind these last two years uh, going up there two years ago when we just kind of laid an egg, and then last year where we uh, just got beat. Um, so we definitely need to just have that in the back of our mind, just going – uh, going out there again just to come out of there with a win. Was it a lesson, though? Like, you know what, no matter who we're playing, we got to be up for it. I mean, cause it, it just felt like, oh, Minnesota is coming off this long COVID break. You know, they're just going to lay down and let us win. And I, I think it was a lesson almost to everybody that you, know, you can't just expect a win in the Big Ten Conference no matter who you're playing. Yeah, yeah for sure. It's, it's a, always – It's a really tough conference. You have to You have to bring your stuff every single week. When you think about your careers, guys, what what have been some of your favorite moments the last three years? I mean, I'll let, let you go on this one here first, Nick. I mean, as far as plays or games, um, is, is there a couple moments that jump out to you? Yeah, uh, I think getting my first start last year was something that was really special and meant a lot to me for my family and everything just because, you know, I kind of obviously like I was highly recruited, but then I dealt with a lot of injuries and stuff and didn't really play much. Uh, so just kind of getting that first start and reaffirming that I knew I could play at this level, was uh, that was a pretty high point for me. That was nice. How about you, Luke? Um, I think uh, there's been a couple. Like my uh, getting on scholarship was a big one for me, and then getting the black shirt was another big one for me. Uh, but I think the most fun I've had was that Penn State game last year, uh, beating that really extremely talented team. Like they're top ten this year, I think, so they're – they're a really good team, but uh, beating them last year was probably my highlight of my career, I guess, so far. We're talking here with Nick. I, I say Henrich or Heinrich? I'm, Everyone says Heinrich, but Heinrich. It's, it's technically Henrich. I, Henrich, okay. I respond to both at this point. <laughs> I, just, I want to make sure I get it right. Yeah. Luke Reimer here on the uh, Up Close podcast. What do you guys want to do when you're done with football? You talk about like life after football. Um, <laughs> I'm going to put you on the spot here. Yeah. Obviously, you want to play football for a long time after Nebraska, but what, what is your thoughts um, after football? Yeah, I mean, that's obviously a great question. There's not a exactly set path, but right now I'm kind of thinking I want to be some sort of like mental health counselor, something like that, because that's something that I struggled with a little bit in the past and going to like therapy really helped me 
just kind of get over that hump in my life. So I'd really like the opportunity. I don't know if it would be with athletes or just all kinds of people, but that's something that I really want to do when I'm older. How about you, Luke? Um, I kind of want to get in like kind of the construction industry. That's what my dad did. Um, he, he owned his own business. Um, so I kind of, I don't know, I don't want to really own my own business, but definitely want to work kind of in the construction industry, maybe get it to a management position some along the lines. So you're going to work for like Hausman or one of those big companies? <laughs> Something like that. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. And finally, guys, as we uh, wrap this up, I want to talk about Barrett Rude and kind of what he's meant to you and. You know, first of all, were you guys familiar with Barrett's background? Have you studied his background? Have you watched some of his old tape even at Nebraska and with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Um, I, growing up, I didn't watch or know anything about the Huskers. So coming up here, I didn't know anything about uh, Coach Rude. Uh, but obviously, once I got to know and uh, familiar, familiarized myself with uh, the uh, Cornhuskers, I had definitely, like, like, he was a beast. Like, he was leading the led the uh, Nebraska in, like, all-time tackles and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, he always brings up uh, – he always shows little clips of him, like, making plays and stuff. He just Pro, and if, Does he still show? Like yes, the, all the time. <laughs> he, he brags himself up all the big, time. He's a big story guy. Yeah. yeah. He keeps all those clips on hard drives. Oh, yeah, and, he's, oh, he's got them saved. Tampa like, game or practice clips? Everything. He's got everything. <laughs> <laughs> what do you, yeah, well, what about Coach Rude? I yeah. mean, just when you so again, I, I didn't know a lot about his uh, Nebraska stuff growing up, but I, my brother was a huge Tampa Bay Bucks fan, so I think it was Madden 08, like I'd actually play as him. So that yeah, was pretty crazy, you know, in hindsight. But, yeah, kind of like what Luke's saying, he definitely he was a beast, and he knows it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Does his dad ever come around? Have you met uh, Tom Rude, former first-round draft pick, linebacker, All-American? I haven't. No, I, he used to come around. Have you met Bo Rude, his brother, very often? No. Mm-hmm. So he keeps his uh, br- brother was an All-Big Twelve linebacker. Dad was an All-American. So I didn't know if you guys were you guys even familiar with that. Did you know yeah, about yeah, the backgrounds? His, of I knew this? his family like has just been amazing football players through and through. So yeah, that's pretty crazy. How does he teach? I mean, you've been around different coaches. I mean, what is his style? Um, and does he get mad very often? He seems like a pretty level-headed guy just from the outside. Yeah, I mean, he's a real hands-on coach, so he shows us a lot exactly how he wants it, and that's huge for us, obviously, because, I mean, he's been there and done that, and hearing him talk about it is one thing, but to see him actually, like, do it and apply what he's saying is huge. And uh, as far as getting mad, uh, really the only thing he gets super mad about is if you're not detailed or if you're not giving effort. Those are kind of his two things where, like, his – must-haves you know what I mean so yeah I I just love the way he coaches where it's like you know what you know what you're going to get every single day from him you're not going to be like one day he's just tearing into you and then the next day he's all just joking with you you know what you're going to get every single day with them uh extremely consistent is he just preaches habits and uh 
you have to just meet the standard every day. So it's just it makes it it's really easy to play for him and play hard for him. But if you're a good athlete that doesn't play within the scheme, it's hard to play for, probably for Barrett Rude, right? I mean, yeah. for any coach, but Barrett's probably even more. I mean, there, there's been some good guys here that have not made it mm-hmm. with talent because they probably didn't have the mental capability to, yeah, to do all yeah, this. I mean, for sure. What, what does he ask you to do? I mean, is it at a high, is it a pretty high level of stuff that you got to do making the calls and the checks and the games? I'd say so. Yeah. I mean, you just really, the big thing is just, you got to be great at communicating and getting whatever checks we have out. You got to know them and you got to know them well, and you got to make the right call when you need to. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, just like what Nick said, you can be the best, you be the best athlete on the field, but if you don't know what you're doing, he can't trust you to be out there. Um, so he, and it's always always just about technique. With outgoing in the details, like uh, of what they mean, how many different calls do you guys have? Like the the yell yell out loud during game, hundreds, twenty, thirty. How many how many different calls in a game could you make? Yeah, I've really never really thought about that. Honestly, it's not like a crazy amount, I'd say, but I mean, it's definitely something you gotta know and go over. And you guys are the ones responsible for that. Right? Yeah. And then you have to yell it back to the safeties, the D linemen, everybody. Yeah. I mean, the safeties have their calls too that make to us. So it's a, it's definitely a group effort as a defense. Give me a, give me um, just a fake call. I want to hear you guys make a fake call. Luke, got it. <laughs> I want to get. This pack will go right, right, right. I want, I want, hey, I, hey, I want hey, like game action. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Go, Luke. <laughs> Hey, I, one of my favorite things to do. I'll, oh gosh, here we when go. When we run down to the line of scrimmage, sometimes I get to make move calls and try and jump the offensive line outside. So that's something I really take pride in. So just move. <laughs> <laughs> try to scare them, get them offside. So yeah. You got. I mean, when you're playing, does the offense ever fire back at your talk like before the snap, or is it usually pretty composed? When you like walk up to the line, do you ever have an offense guy like you effing suck or this or that or? No, they're pretty. They're pretty composed. Like it's more after the play type stuff when they're talking. Yeah. But we, we, me and him, don't really talk trash. We just, we just get back to the line and try to make our calls. We, we don't do a lot of extra talking because we have to talk enough as it is. Yeah, fifteen yard penalty for something like that's probably not going to be very popular either. I'm guessing. No, I don't know if Coach Rude would like that one too much. So yeah. we'll stay away from that. <laughs> Well, guys, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, the season's been a grind. Um, eight weeks in a row. You guys will be at Minnesota this weekend, then get a bye week. I'm sure uh, you're looking forward to it. Are you guys going to do anything over fall break or the bye or just lay down and relax? Rest. Rest, yeah. rest, rest. Sleep. Rest and recover. Yeah. Well, good, uh, good luck this weekend, guys, in Minnesota. And that wraps it up here for another edition of the Up Close Podcast, brought to you by Sandhills Global and powered by ABM. If you have equipment to sell, sell it at auctiontime.com. For HuskerOnline.com, I'm Sean Callahan.